we are in a series, and uh, in our series, we're talking about being more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors, amen? amen? More than conquerors through Jesus who loved us, and uh, we're working hard on this. Uh, we got to get to this place. Come on, read it. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. And there, there's reasoning. There's such great reasoning behind this. And all these things, anybody got some things going on? And all these things were more than conquerors. We've been focused heavily uh, this summer on Joshua 1 and 9. Did anybody get one of the wristbands? Anybody get a wristband? Raise them if you got a wristband. Anybody got one? Who did not get one? Did you not get one? Because I, I got a bag full of them right here. Okay, so anybody need one? Anybody need one? Well, don't just stand there. You gotta come, come, get, come and get one. Come on, shout. We will not be shaken. Here, you hold this. Here you go, here you go. My goodness, I don't have enough for everybody. Grab one. Everybody grab one. She grabbed five. Okay. Pass them out to somebody. I only got so many. Here we go. Here we go. You passing them out? Where is Bob? Bobby's out here somewhere? Make sure Bobby gets one because Bobby gave his away to the waiter at Disney's. Okay. There you go. There you go. Strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. There we go. There we go. I ain't got any more. They're over there. Go attack those people. All right. Unless you, if, if, hey, got, got somebody, got, got any more over there? Over there? Hey, right over here. Right over here. Right over here, there we go. Come on, hold your... Now, how many got a strong and courageous bracelet? How many got one? Okay, hold it up in the air. It helps. It helps, all right? Amen. It helps. I don't know any better way to do this, but uh, this is the message of the Lord, and it is, a, it is a battle cry, is what it is. It's a battle cry. Anybody remember what the battle cry is in Hebrew? What is it? Rock, kasach, samach. Say it. Rock, kasach, samach. Rock your socks off. Rock your socks. Rock your socks. Just say it. Rock your socks. Or you can say rock your socks. You can say that. Rock your socks. Okay, however you got to say it. Rock your socks. Or just say be strong. Be strong and courageous. And this is the sound of the strength of the spiritually zealous heart. It's the unwavering and unyielding confidence before the field is ever taken. It is we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. It is that. All right. It is. It Look. There are things that would have already been done if you were strong and courageous. Right? There are things that would already be accomplished if you were strong and courageous. I'm not busting on you. I'm just saying that uh, we have these things that we have to deal with in our heart that cause us to melt. Right? Daniel, did you get one of these? You get one? I get one. We'll give you one too. Okay, I got them in the back. I'll give you one too. All right. It's so good to have the wheelers with us too. Daniel, man, they... Moved out of town and uh, came back and married, got a baby in his arm, man. We just welcome you all. Welcome. People coming home. Coming home. Baby's back there? No. Baby's back there somewhere. Yeah. Make sure you say hi to Daniel. Make sure, wave your hand, Daniel, because some people don't know you. All right, been a while. There he is, right back there. Great brother. Strong and courageous. Shout it. Strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. So, uh, I, I know we are, we, we kind of debate when to focus on the 4th of July. We decided we'd focus more of it next Sunday on the 4th. That's more like the 4th of July weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and, uh, but still, we're into that right now. I saw some people with some great USA t-shirts back there. Look at that, USA. All right, so... Uh, that being said, um, I'm not sure that 
All of us really have an understanding of what this is about. Okay? Uh, I've had uh, people, in fact, there are some people in this church that have donated a kidney to somebody. All right? That's a big deal, isn't it? Amen. Like, I love you. Will you donate a kidney? Well, I love you. I mean, can I mow your grass? You know? You know what I'm saying? Donating the kidney is a big deal. How many know Jesus laying down his life for us? That's what Jesus said. You know, if you really want to check out love, check out who will lay down their life for somebody. Will you, will you die so somebody else can live? And then Jesus goes to the cross and he dies on the cross. Fourth of July is about uh, the story of independence, the Revolutionary War. And I, I was driving back from, uh, I was in Roanoke, Virginia for a church conference for a couple of days. And I was driving back. Uh, week before last, weekend before last, and uh, we were we were passing Yorktown, and I looked over at Diane. I said, "You know, we have lived here so long, and we have never taken in Yorktown. Anybody been to Yorktown before? Anybody been to the battlefield there? I mean, I guess we ought to do that. I mean, Yorktown. I mean, I mean, I guess it's nice. I mean, it's just probably a big bunch of grass and some statues and stuff. I don't know. How many know Yorktown matters? Anybody know that? Because People actually uh, died there. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know some of the story of Yorktown, some of the history of it, it was it was basically the the the, the big blow to the to the British that brought us to a place of independence. Cornwallis and 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 his soldiers were, were there. They had built up. They had built mounds there. They had they had built a fortress right there at Yorktown. Uh, uh, General uh, George Washington uh, comes. Uh, he has, he has, he's bringing the, you know, the full brunt of, uh, of the, the, the colonial militia of the, the army and uh, the French. Somebody praise God for the French. Can you praise God for the French? Because some of you, we did that. No, we had, there were a lot of things that were happening that, I don't know if you know the history, but the things that happened around the story of the independence, uh, other uh, nations that involved France, Spain, uh, things of, uh, you gotta miss a country there. Uh, I'm waiting on my historians. Anyway, who who joined uh, with us? But Cornwallis at that particular point was there, and their expectation. I mean, Corn, Cornwallis was expecting victory. You know he was. But the battle just raged. It lasted for well over for, for like a month, and uh, eventually. Uh, at that place. We're talking about just a few miles from here, just, just north of Virginia Beach. All right. And, and Virginia Beach, excuse me, Virginia Beach, uh, the state of Virginia is peppered with all of these battlegrounds. And so, so sometimes we don't have an understanding. When you talk about battlegrounds, you think about a place where people battle, you don't understand that it was a stronghold. Somebody was there. Somebody was making a stand at that particular place and someone else said, we are going to destroy that particular stronghold. And in fact, uh, overcoming this particular stronghold uh, is going to be a decisive victory in order that we can have complete victory. Because you don't have a stronghold, you have strongholds. Yeah. Right? You have strongholds. People think, well, you know, like, defeated that, I'm done. No. You got strongholds. We have strongholds. And so today, uh, we're going to talk about defeating strongholds. And... Uh, and we're going to continue in this teaching on defeating strongholds and look at Joshua chapter 8 and verse 1. Uh, you've got it there in your notes. There it is. Uh, conquering strongholds, Joshua 8 and 1. Read this verse with me. The Lord said to Joshua, 
Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise. Go up to Ai. Got any fighting men and women in the house today? Got any fighters? Got any, got any warriors? Okay. So, uh, I, I want you to have an understanding of strongholds today. I, I, I want you... I, I want us to be victorious. I want you to get, uh, I want you to have a better vantage point of what we're doing here. Some people know, some people have been around, been fighting this. Uh, Jesus said some things in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 11, verse 16. Uh, the Bible says, Jesus says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Now, from my vantage point, I, mean, I, did the, I did an illustration once. I brought my sofa right out of my office and sat it up here on the platform. I don't know if you remember that, but I did that. And talked about if my sofa could talk. From my vantage point as a pastor, pastoral leader, uh, I see strongholds all the time. See them all the time. Trying to work with situations. Every time I see a couple that is unable to manage conflict or a family that is like succumbing to, you know, old generational demonic forces or just something that you just can't let go of. Does that make sense to anybody? I see strongholds. I mean, if we could just, and you talk about it on occasion, if we could just, if we could just solve this, then all of these things would work out. We could just fix Anybody been there? And you, you kind of have that. And then that one thing ends up being 20 million things because you never dealt with the one issue, right? Because you couldn't get past that. I mean, how about, let, let's just use the word one time. Say communication, communication. communication. If I could just help you deal, if I could get you to conquer the stronghold of marital communication. It's, it's, a, it's stronghold. How many know that? It's, it's pride. It's arrogance. Can't talk to each other, and and it, because now you can't can't manage conflict, you avoid the conflict. That doesn't fix things. So you just you go to bed, and sometimes you go to bed, you go to bed angry, and you think you're sleeping alone because you're over two sides of the bed. But the devil jumps into bed with you, and he talks to you all night, and builds mounds, reinforces all of the conflict. Come on. That's going on until by the time you get up in the morning, you have made all kinds of decisions about why you don't like each other and why you have no problems whatsoever. It's the person that rolled over to the other side of the bed. It's their problem. Am I preaching to anybody? And, and you know, it's, I'm talking about marriage, but, but strongholds are, are larger than this. It's not just marriage. It goes deeper than that. It's not just communication issues. Here's, here's the word of God. From the days of John the Baptist, Jesus says, until, the, uh, until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. So what I'm telling you is that when it comes to your life, when it comes to the things that you're facing, uh, these are violent issues. These strongholds, you don't overcome strongholds just by smiling more. You know, just, you know, just pretending like it's not there. Let's all go outside after church and have ice cream and it'll all be better. <laughs> and it's, it's painful. Now, I'll show, you, I'll show you how painful it is. He says, from the days of John the Baptist. So in the days of John the Baptist, here's the message in Matthew 3.1. 
In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now we're in warfare. We're in great battle. Do you see that? So part of overcoming is repentance. I can't repent for you. You're going to have to do that on your own. All right? I know you ain't never done nothing wrong. You ain't got any sin issues in your life. But you're not that good at lying. All right? So this is... It, nobody says, you know, you need to repent. Isn't it amazing that repent isn't a wonderful word? You know, like, you need homemade, old-fashioned banana pudding. You go, hallelujah. But if I say you need to repent, it's like, All right, hey, hey, don't, don't be judging me about what I need to do. See how the demons just begin to show up in your life? I want us to review a little bit of the story of last week, the defeat of Israel at Ai. That's where we were. Anybody remember that? If you, yes. I can't go back through it all, but it's, in, it's on Facebook. It's on our website. It's on podcasts. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it at comegetfree.org. You can, uh, you can get it at Freedom Fellowship VB. You can go there to our Facebook page, and you can see it last week. But in the story, if you remember, we had this great victory at Jericho. But uh, you need to... You, look, when the walls fall down and you go into the city... You need to be careful that you don't take some of the junk that caused that to be a stronghold into your own life. So and that's what Achan did, and it destroyed his entire family. Yes, yes. Okay? So you got to be cautious. And with him, uh, he took some of what belonged to God, and he took that which was a curse. That means it was devoted to destruction. There are things that are devoted to destruction, and when you partake of them... It's like toxic, you know, it's, I mean, don't run up to somebody who has a 24 hour virus and shake their hands and give them a big kiss on the mouth. Don't do it. All right. Because you're taking some of that virus into you. It's the same. Sin is worse than that. Can I tell you it's worse than that? Don't, don't take those things that are all going to be destroyed. How many know the devil and all works of darkness are going to be destroyed? Anybody know that? So don't align yourself in that particular way. And if you are, and you can't overcome it, that's, Pretty good evidence that there's a stronghold there. So uh, if you remember in the story of Ai, after Jericho is defeated, after the walls fall, they go on to Ai and they just decide, hey, look, we got this. We got this. We can take Ai. And so they're feeling all full of themselves rather than march. You know, that marching around the Jericho thing was really tiring and monotonous. Let's not do that again. Let's not do any marching and calling upon God. Let's just take a couple of guys because it's not as big as Jericho and we'll just go up there and wipe those boys out. And that did not work. So they just take a couple thousand rather than thousands and they go to Ai and these guys from the Ai just come and, and chase them out of the city. They, they kill them. Uh, they rush them back. And then uh, what we have is Joshua and the nation of Israel is now living under the shadow of defeat. Uh, now again, I want to tell you, Jericho is a stronghold. AI is a stronghold. When you go to these different places in, uh, in, in the possession of the land of Canaan, the promised land, you're dealing with strongholds. Now understand what a stronghold is. Stronghold is not necessarily a massive metropolis. A stronghold is a place where a fortress has been built. And that stronghold is designed to, to protect the, the trade routes protect people from going and coming and going as they please. It's, it's set up to collect from individuals. It's, it's set up to say, this is not your place. This is ours. And so you have different cities that are set up with soldiers that are specifically there 
in order that there might be a stronghold. Like I was talking about Yorktown. Yorktown was established as a stronghold here on the East Coast. It had to be obliterated. It had, it had to be taken over. So, so we have Joshua now that is all frustrated. And uh, we see a great deal of his frustration in, in the story and his heartbreak. And I'll go back into that in a moment. But, but it, it's kind of like, have you ever been at that moment where you just wanted to quit? Anybody been there before? I quit. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm tired of getting beaten up. I'm tired of getting yelled at. I'm tired of it. I mean, it, it is the discussion prior to divorce. I'm tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm just quit. I just quit. I'm, I'm tired. I'm weary. I, I, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm not having another discussion. We're done, done, done. Did I say that enough? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's what happens. Uh, and so I, I don't know what your stories are. I don't know all the issues that are going on. I know, but I do know this. People get confused and get tired, but your story is not over yet. Come on. You may feel like giving up. Uh, don't quit. Somebody shout, don't quit. Don't quit. Not today. Don't let go. And remember the great word of Romans 8, 28. Anybody remember Romans 8, 28? All things work together for good to those who, are, who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now, we usually stop there because we think when the Scripture says all things work together for good, that all things, these things are working out. I'm going to get a brand new Mustang because all things are working out for good. And can I tell you that God loves you and He will bless you? How many know that He will bless you? I'm not, I'm not saying he won't. I'm just telling you that the stuff you're going through is not all about your, your material possessions. It's not about that. It's not about a bigger house. It's not all about a raise. It's not all about that. You will go through some mess in your life. Now look at the last part of that. For whom he foreknew. How many know God knew you before? Anybody know that? When you were being formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now we know about conforming. We know about conforming to this world and the issues of this world. We know about conforming to sin. But he says, the things that you're going through, you're being conformed into the image of God. Anybody had any bad stuff happen? Anybody had some fights that you had to go through? What you're going to do is on the backside of that, you're going to look more like Jesus. Now, if you don't look more like Jesus, you're going to look more like the devil. One way or the other, on the backside of the mess that you're dealing with, there's going to be some conformity. But I'm going to surrender my will to the enemy or I'm going to surrender my will to God. I do not like everything that I've gone through, but I like me better on the other side of it. I don't always like the stuff that I face. I don't like the things always that people say. But when I look in the mirror after I've forgiven somebody, after I've gotten through it, and I've risen back up, I look at myself and I say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I was able to take up my cross and walk through that. Thank you, Lord. You're being changed. God's not finished with me yet. Anybody else? So I want to talk to you today about the possibility of being greatly victorious in areas that you have been greatly defeated. That's my purpose. More specifically, conquering strongholds in your life. And, and I'm using the word greatly on purpose because I'm not talking about every small little issue. However, those small things, if you don't take care of them, they will become big issues, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but strongholds. So as I was saying, in the book of Joshua, we have all of these situations and they are strongholds. Jericho was a massive stronghold. And if you review after the defeat, the defeat of Joshua at Jericho in Joshua chapter 7, verse 7, uh, Joshua, you remember this? Joshua runs into the presence of God. I mean, he just 
over, you know, just runs past all of the religious things that he was supposed to do, goes straight to the presence of God. Anybody ever been there before? I just got to get in the presence of Jesus. Anybody been that way before? Okay, you need to be that way. Okay, all right. He's waving at me, but I'm waving at you. All right, so you need to get in the presence of Jesus. So Joshua gets into the presence of the Lord, and he says this, Alas, O Lord, why have you brought this people over from the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Listen to Joshua. This is that strong and courageous. He had like probably 12 or 13 of these bracelets on. Probably a tattooed on his head. Strong and courageous, all right? And then he says, Why have you done this? Would that, would that we had been content, look at this, you might want to underline this, would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O oh Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut us off and cut off your name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So I, I see so much, but what I, I want you to see here is the great stronghold was not Jericho. The great stronghold was not Ai. The, the great stronghold was the fear that was inside of Joshua. Amen. So just because you shout strong and courageous and you march around the walls and you go in the city, sometimes even when you're doing godly stuff, the enemy will come alongside of you and fill you full of fear. Does that make sense to anybody? Anybody relate to what I'm saying? That's a big stronghold. I mean, listen to what Joshua is saying here. Would that we have been content to live on the other side of the Jordan. This is what he's saying. We, I wandered around 40 years in the wilderness. I wish I could just go back to the wilderness and hang out there. I, I, I wish everybody would have been content. We could have just stopped crossing the Jordan and fighting at Jericho. If we could have just learned to live in the mess that we lived in all of our lives. The same stuff that killed our mamas and our daddies and destroyed previous families. I wish we could be content. Baby, I am not content to live in the wilderness for the rest of my life. And I know your previous generations might have lived there, but not me, not my family, not my kids, not my grandkids, not this church. We're not going to go back and live in the wilderness again. Listen to Joshua. He says God's plans are not good enough. He says we're going to be destroyed. He's saying living in safety is better than pursuing God's best. He says the reason we're in this mess is because God is not for us. That's what he's saying. Anybody ever said that? Come on, shake your head up and down. God, I don't know what you're doing right now, but I don't like it. Amen. You're supposed to be for me. And obviously you're not because if you were for me, I wouldn't be laid off right now. Come on. Anybody got that? If you, just, if you really cared about me, then my car wouldn't have broke down. If you really cared about me, everything would be working around. And I know that there are larger issues than that. But that's what we get. It's like, what, what's going on? And here's what the Word of God says. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. You're being conformed to His image. So you need to stop looking at everybody else and start looking at your own heart, Joshua. You need to start saying, listen to what you're saying right now. Stop. Listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth or the words that are spinning around in your head right now. Why am I saying this? Stop. Why is this stuff coming out of me? It's because there's a stronghold inside of you. So it's going to get heavy in here today. I mean, it's going to get heavy. You might as well just go ahead and say pray. Go ahead and pray because it's going to get heavy. If, if, if I were a pilot, I would come on the loudspeaker right now and I would say, uh, folks, we're expecting some turbulence. I'm not going to try to go around it. I'm going to drive right through it. 
I would recommend that you put your seatbelts on and turn your small devices off. Because I got some things to say to you. When I, when, I, when I finish, you might want to fight with me or fight for me. But we're going to deal with the truth. Anybody ready? Let's look at a couple of scriptures, scriptures that embrace some reality. Joshua 8. The Lord says, do not fear, be dismayed. I want you to remember that, underline that. Do not fear or be dismayed, underline that. Take all the fighting men with you and arise and go to Ai. How many are you supposed to take? All. Okay. So I've given, I've given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city, and his land. So I've already given them into your hand. They're there. They're in your hand. Just take it. You got it? Yeah. There are things that are in our hands that we have not responded to. Jesus, Jesus. His city and his land. And you shall do it. And you shall do to Ai and his king as you did to Jericho and its king. So we're going to burn this place down. Oh, I want to preach so fast right now. I just, I mean, you can't just, you can't just make alliances with strongholds. Amen. They have to be conquered and destroyed. All right. And he says, only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. You're going to be better by overcoming this stronghold. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So I'm going to bring you in at another direction. Problem is you came in the wrong direction past. And then verse 3, Joshua and all the men rose up. Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. They're going to sneak around. And he said, you're going to lie an ambush against the city behind it. Don't go very far from the city. But all of you remain ready, and I and the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, just as before, we're going to flee. This is so smart. And they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say, they're fleeing from us just as before. So we will flee. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city. For the Lord your God will give it to your hand. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire. You shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded. See, I have commanded you. So you see the story, right? Uh, so, so, what, so Joshua, this is the way they were defeated before. They just sent a couple thousand in and, they, and AI comes out. They're getting destroyed. So they're running for their lives and everybody just chases them down. So they're going to they're gonna try to recreate this moment so these guys can really feel good about themselves. How many know the devil's full of pride? Anybody know that? Use his pride against him. He's full of pride. Uh, I'm not going to preach about that too much. But uh, the victory over Jericho and Ai were literally victories over the first two strongholds of Canaan. Now remember, all of this is a shadow of spiritual things. So in the New Testament, one of the great messages to us is if we are to be victorious, we must face and destroy the strongholds of our lives. We're not talking about cities but we are talking about cities. Do you get that? We are speaking of something that is bigger on a spiritual level. So the defeat of Ai was secondary to the defeat of another stronghold that is described in Joshua 7 and 5. It was, it was, it was a spiritual one. Read this. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Okay? So, hello church. Hello, hello. Are you with me? Come on. All right, the hearts of the people melted. And so if I go into deep discussions or I call you to deep calling or talk about things, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Listen, wonder what would happen if the hearts of the people of the church of the Lord Jesus were not water. 
Wonder what would happen if we would rise up and go after our families and our neighborhoods and our communities and come on, go back and like in the story of like take back what the devil has stolen from us. So if once God deals with a heart issue, then he can deal with physical issues. So the issue is that their hearts were a lot like water. It wasn't that the city was already in their hand. It was their heart condition. So people are here today that need victory in some area of their life. And the reason you know it is because you've been beaten in that area before. Right? And I'm going to encourage you to go back and fight that battle again. You've been beat relationally, emotionally, financially, spiritually. You've got old wounds and, you're, and you still got dirt on your head like Joshua from throwing all the dirt over himself in grief. It's the same stuff. Uh, same story you've been rehearsing in your head since you were 12 years old. You're, you're grieved, you've grieved, you've cried, but it's necessary not just for yourself, but for your legacy and for your future, for those who follow you to take the next stronghold. And that's what we're going to talk about. How are you going to overcome the heart issues in your life? And first of all, I'm going to say a stronghold is a belief system that you are holding on to. Stronghold is a belief system that you're holding on to. Who's holding on to it? Fear's got a hold of me. No, you've got a hold of fear. Anger's got a hold of me. No, you've got a hold of anger. You see? Uh, and we make these statements. We will never be able to get along. There's, there's your belief system. Okay? And that's what happens. You know, when I told you, you roll over two sides of the bed, you develop belief systems. You write inner vows in your heart. You go ahead and write things down. That's just the way women are. That's just the way women are. You can't, you can't talk to a woman. You see? Some people are saying amen. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Right? What I'm saying is you develop these belief systems. All right? I'll never be... I'll never be able to be victorious. I'll never be able to have joy again in my heart, my life. You make these statements and out of it, manifestations happen. Yes. So you think if you can just stop lying and cussing, life will be better. I'm saying that all of that is a manifestation of a belief system that you will not let go of. This is, a, this is a very interesting study. Here. Look in verse 1. The Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed, which is powerful terminology here. Okay, don't be afraid. That's what we say to people. Don't be afraid. Don't be sad. That's not what he's saying here. This is much, much bigger. The word fear is yare, which is really, the, the term is, um, uh, it, it, the term is, is used for, how about, have you heard this? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Anybody ever heard that? So here's the term. Uh, don't fear. It means don't, don't fear your enemy as if it is a God. Okay? That's, that's what he's saying. It's not our typical term for fear. I don't know the boogeyman's under the bit. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying... I'm saying that often our fear is the reason that we will not deal with something is because, well, let me take you to the next phase, dismayed. And the word dismayed is also a powerful word. It's not just having a bad attitude. The word dismay is also the word, a word used for falling prostrate, falling on your face as in worship. So here's what happens. Something happens in our life. We develop a belief system that we can't conquer it. 
And so therefore we fall down and worship it. It becomes idolatry in our life. Now, let me, let me explain. I'll show it to you this way. Uh, how many love worship? Anybody love worship? Anybody love it when we're praising God, lifting up the Lord Jesus? And earlier I was saying, come on, let's shout to God. Everybody shout. Hallelujah. Yes. And I, I'm shouting and you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. And uh, I want to tell you this. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care. Pastor, you need to settle down up there or people won't come back. Okay? It's the enemy whispering in my ear. You need, you need to calm yourself down and you need to understand that there might be wealthy people that come and they want you to sing prettier songs in a gentler way and have them kneel and stand. Okay? So, I... If I change my mind because of you, I'm not worshiping God. I'm worshiping yeah. you. Because if you really want to know who your God is, tell me who you're most afraid of. Tell me who you think has the most power. Because whoever you believe has the most power is really who is m motivating your actions. Okay? So that's why, listen, listen. There are things that we do in our lives that we believe are just normal things that we're doing, but it's not. It's worship. All right? Listen, listen. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I, I'm going to go there. It's going to get turbulent. I'm going to go there, okay? If you are sleeping with somebody that is not your husband or wife, and you're afraid if you stop, they will leave you, then they are your God. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. Adultery is idolatry. Amen. I, I just started. I have just begun. But we, we do a lot of things like, let's lift up our hands and praise Jesus. I would, but somebody, you know, I'm here with you know, Frida, and she might look at me like, you're weird or something. So, so I'm not worshiping her. Amen. I'm worshiping Jesus. That's why these words, do not fear, be dismayed. He's being called. He's being called to worship God as the one true and living God. So again, let me say that again. You really worship what you are most afraid of offending. Okay, I'm going to say that again. You're worshiping what you're... How many, how many feel like there is an incredible sense of being very cautious not to offend anybody today? Amen. There is this incredible sense in the church. And what we really need to be in the church is quiet. Come on, quiet. Come on, church. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be still. Don't say anything. If you're quiet, then everybody will be fine. Come on. Let's just coexist. I'm there. I'm there right now. All right. The stronghold isn't something that you're holding on to. The stronghold is something that is holding on to you. It's something that we are holding on to. It's something that we will not let go of or have not let go of. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Mindsets and every high thing that exalt, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So it doesn't stop. You see that? I mean, this is this is processional. Can you see that? Because as soon as I get rid of one stronghold, as soon as Jericho is gone, I have to deal with AI because I want to obtain all of the promises of God. Yeah. Conquering strongholds equals Overcoming the mindset or thought process that hinders your spiritual growth. Amen. So let's all agree. 
Everybody has stuff. Right? How many would say, yeah, amen, Pastor, everybody has stuff. And you need the Holy Spirit to set you free from it. The big challenge is that we sometimes simply don't want to face the challenge or the call to bring everything that God, to be everything that God wants us to be. And when we choose not to break free from stuff in this life, it, it will become destructive to our life. Something happened in your life and you developed a belief system, a thought process, and you want to grow spiritually and gain ground, but you're still stuck and you're blaming it on the church or you're blaming it on your family, you're blaming it on your mama or your daddy or you're blaming it on your employer, you're blaming it on the pastor. But the fact is, I've got to conquer the spiritual belief system that's in my head. Yeah. Spiritual strongholds develop in our mind. We entertain thoughts that are against the word and the will of God. How many know we believe things that are contrary to the will of God? Anybody believe that happens? We allow these thoughts to remain unchallenged, resulting in a mindset. And when certain conditions occur, these mindsets produce destruction in our life. So let me show you. uh, I'm going to show you a stronghold. One of what I believe is one of the biggest strongholds in our nation right now. I'm going to reveal it to you. Okay. And show you how it works. Okay, so uh, you ready? Turbulence, seatbelts. Our nation is completing what we know as Pride Month. Here I go. Here he goes. Now the Word of God is very, very, very clear regarding homosexuality. It's very clear. You can try to rationalize it or work it around, but the Word is crystal. Clear. Somebody say crystal. Crystal clear. Unless you go and find somebody that is excellent at turning the scripture around so that you can live in AI rather than conquering AI. First Corinthians 6 9. Do, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not deceive neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Come on, somebody shout amen. That's what we were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified. So everybody's included in this, all right? Come on, somebody shout, that's all of us. That's everybody, all right? And then Romans 1.26 in a discussion of the brokenness. Uh, of the world, even their women exchange natural relationships for unnatural ones in the same way. And here, here's the discussion: Well, it's natural for somebody. It's not okay. The weapon, he says, in the same way, men also abandoned natural relationships with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Now, if you want deeper discussion on this, a complete spiritual discussion on this. Go to Freedom Fellowship's Facebook page. Not right now, but go to it. I posted a two-hour YouTube video called uh, uh, Such Were Some of You uh, on the video, uh, on, on Freedom Fa- Facebook page. Or you can go to YouTube and you can look it up, all right? But it's a powerful video. It's comprehensive. It's full of all kinds of interviews. It's powerful. Andy Comiskey's in it, which is one of our heroes. Uh, so it's there. So right now, the only I, I've given you information. I've read scripture to you. So the only reason you would argue with me right now is because you want to. It's a mindset. So this is a stronghold in our nation. Remember, I told you the weapons, uh, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing. This is an argument right now. Just bring it up somewhere. And it's an argument. Now, before I say anything else. 
I so love people that are involved in homosexuality. I love them. I do. Your sons, your daughters, if I see them, I'm going to hug them. I'm going to bless them. You bring them to church, your friends, your neighbors. I love them. I care for them. They are not the enemy. Not the enemy. Being controlled by the enemy, but they're not the enemy. And they need to be set. They, they can be set free. Okay? Anybody hear what I'm saying? All those no good. No. No, when you get that attitude, you ain't going to get anybody saved right now. Because we're after mindsets. Come on. We're not here. We're, we're here to set people free by the power of the grace of Jesus. All right. Most people do not consider themselves to be homosexual or to feel homosexual initially. It was not a choice made in their early life. It may have been experiences that took place with parents, peers, or siblings. It especially has to do with mother and father wounds. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mother and father wounds. The same sex temptation and attraction is the result of those feelings, thoughts, or attractions, those wounds. It is an emotional, psychological, and spiritual problem. And I'm going to tell you, recovery is a process. Can I get an amen? amen. People, you know, people say, well, just like that. Listen, there are people that have struggled with things that I have not struggled with. All right. And things I've struggled with that you have not struggled with. So it might be an area in your flesh that you have to deal with over and over. Can I get an amen from somebody? So, so what I'm saying is, is it is still a stronghold. But it has become a larger stronghold in our nation that is bigger than Jericho and has Christians running with hearts that have turned to water. Amen. And it's massive in our culture, totally supported by the government, supported by the press, supported by the schools. Amen. I mean, I'm telling the truth. Amen. I mean, I know the messages. Listen, you can't. Go to a counselor today and say, I'm struggling with same-sex attraction and have them help you. Amen. It's basically against the law. Amen. All right? The only hope right now is the church of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Right? This is on us? Yeah, it's on us, baby. massive. Our Desert Streams, we love Desert Streams ministry here. We love Living Waters. We have champions for this ministry. We have people, look, look we have people set free all the time. And Andy Comiskey, how many love Andy? We got to get Andy back. I told Tom today, bring Andy back home. We haven't had him here in a few years. We need him to just come and speak. It was a powerful day when Andy came. He's working heavily with the Roman Catholic Church right now, seeing people set free there. Anybody thankful for that? I mean, they have embraced him. He's embraced them. He's worked in Protestant communities all across the nation and other countries. It's so powerful. And people are being set free all the time. Andy himself, at one time, had to be set free. He's married. He has four children. He's a granddad now, all right? So his children are serving Jesus. Somebody thank God for this. We have people all the time that are set free. So anybody that says people can't be set free, they can be set free. It happens all the time. Anybody want the rest of this message? Some excerpts from one of Andy's most recent blogs. Some of the things I'll say are excerpts. He writes, and, I, and I'm, I'm bringing this up. This is the last of Pride Month. He 
He writes, regarding Pride Month and the current issues being promoted by the LGBT community. Again, we love them. Amen? Amen. Perhaps you have heard about laws that are being enacted to prevent assistance to those who struggle from receiving therapy to overcome or transition to heterosexual lifestyle. And I had to add this just a little bit in because since he wrote this, it, be, it, it went all the way through California State Assembly. On Monday, the California State Assembly passed ACR 99, a resolution offering several options about the LGBTQ community, and then include, concluding by asking religious leaders with moral influence to affirm homosexuality and transgenderism. The bill throws aside religious liberty and targets religious people and organizations under the guise that failure to agree with the LGBTQ lifestyle could cause suicide and depression, falsely blaming where there shouldn't be, in addition to several other bogus ideas. Now, just so I can tell you this, I want you to know that if you, if you follow the research, the research is clear on this, that if you say nothing... And someone follows through with transgenderism, their depression and suicide possibility is exactly the same as it was before. Okay? And there is zero evidence that people were born that way, regardless of Lady Gaga. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? Zero evidence. There are no genes that cause this. They're not genes or chromosome issues. This is, this is false. It's false. It is amazing that as brilliant as our science community is right now they're not allowed to truly cite the evidence because somebody will be angry so Andy writes regarding conversion therapy he says much is made today about the fragile state of LGBTers who need protection from conversion therapists that's how we are being labeled as conversion therapists a slam them all term for anyone who believes that gender integration is possible their logic simply is skewed. This is what they preach. That persons cannot change and any effort to change will result in early death by suicide. Again, it's untrue. It is, and that's the express idea that drives Councilman Evan Lowe's resolution, ACR 99, which is now uh, sailed through California legislature. Further, as you can see from recent weeks, you want the rest of this? Anybody want it? Yes. Every politician seeking election, every actor seeking a part, every academic seeking tenure must bow the knee to gay marriage and gender reassignment in persons who just can't decide who they are gender-wise. If you want to work, if you want election, you have to stand up and say, it's okay with me. Even conservative pastors, shepherds, mumble on the issue for fear of scattering touchy sheep. The most vulnerable it's not the LGBTers. They are celebrated everywhere at every term. Love now defends any gender configuration one desires. 60 different gender configurations. My Lord. And slams anyone who disagrees, who wants to save a student, who wants to save their children, who wants to help a neighbor. They slam us as haters. We love you. Most vulnerable today are persons who love Jesus. This is what Andy writes. And who live in an aching awareness of the law inscribed upon their hearts. A truth that compels them to forego any identification except what it means to be made male and female sons or daughters of the Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now I just described a mindset, right? 
This is a stronghold. Am I right? Do you see the stronghold? How many know what's strong? Anybody know that? It's strong. So now we have a mindset. It's a stronghold. And as believers, our hearts have turned into water. Our nation is swiftly moving toward becoming a society that has no moral commitment and literally blames the emotional pain of those captive to same-sex struggles on those of us who long to see them set free and have exactly what they need to be free. So what is the reason for what our nation is struggling with? Please understand this. Dr. William Consiglio's book, Homosexual No More. It's been a strong book for a long time, but uh, we passed out hundreds of them from freedom. This was initially, he writes, this was initially a stronghold in the lives of broken people who probably did not feel or choose to be homosexual initially. It probably happened to them or him or her at a very early stage of life. It rose from the early environmental experiences which he had from his parents, his peers or siblings, or perhaps professionals who were broken themselves, a teacher, a parish priest. For me, I was wounded by a Sunday school teacher. But mostly, it has to do with the dissatisfying love bond which he had with his mother or father, but most often with the parent of the same gender. What? It's about relationships at home. It's about having a mom and a dad in their house. Okay, listen. The message is so strong right now that if you go see the new Toy Story movie... There's two moms. Okay? It's in Toy Story. All right? It's, it's in the commercials. It's everywhere right now. Am, am, I, am I preaching the truth? Can somebody... Don't leave this pastor up here fighting this stronghold all by himself. All right? This was a stronghold of broken people. Homosexuality really has very little to do with it. It has much more to do with a heart wound which leaves a person feeling deprived, empty, unfulfilled, and incomplete. Most recently, Ellen DeGeneres. Now, everybody loves Ellen. You love her show. She's a funny girl. Right? But the whole promotion of same-sex issues from Ellen, she finally confessed, well, I was sexually abused by my stepdad for years. Anybody see what I'm saying? You see, the stronghold began in the brokenness of someone's heart that changed or altered their mind. And their mindset is now established. And it doesn't matter what God's word says, their mindset is what they're holding on to. It's difficult to disrupt what they believe. So when we stand against it, we have to stand strong. But understanding that it is a manifestation of a heart that has been wounded for generations. Listen, you can be healed. Strongholds do not just result in same-sex relationships. Because I've used this as an example, it also manifests as addictions. It manifests as relational brokenness of every kind. And just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't have strongholds in your life. But when you gave your life to Jesus, the fight lit up. Heaven came down in order to set you free. And hell is standing up and Satan is screaming. But I tell you, there is no weapon that is formed against you uh, that shall prosper. But you got to go in deep. We've got to go over our first defeated AI. Got to get the dust off ourselves. Have a conversation. I like that 30,000 people went to AI the second time. How many need we, we need more than just one or two people yeah, in the struggle? Yeah. Anybody know that? Yeah, Somebody says, I don't want to get a counselor. You know, I don't like the idea of it being a process. Get over your bad self, all right? 
Come on, you need to get every you need to get good, godly and Christian counselors and you may not be able to find them somewhere else. Right now, because this message has been so polluted, you can't always find the help that you need. We, as the church, have to become the hospital that God has called us to be. We have to be able to pray. We have to be able to disciple. We have to be able to do more than just another youth program. We've got to be the church, the hands, the feet, the voice of the Lord Jesus. We have got to be filled with the Spirit of God in order that we can defeat these Strongholds. Still your seatbelts on? Yeah. Are we okay? Are we okay? I'm not taking a vote. This is not a democracy here. This is a theocracy. We're under the headship of the Lord Jesus. You understand that? All right, go tell people what your pastor said, okay? They can put little signs in my yard. I'm still going to love and serve the Lord Jesus. And I'm still going to love people. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm about to your ice cream. Now you know why you're having ice cream today. Okay, so. Strongholds must be strategically dealt with. Somebody say strategy. strategy. Now, now, how many know I'm not just teaching you today about same-sex issues, right? I'm talking to you about what? Strongholds. Strongholds. Okay? So they have to be strategically dealt with. And that's what happened in verse 6 of Joshua 8. You're going to draw them out. Do you see that? It needs to be drawn out. Anybody ever been in worship before and it's like this mess began to be drawn out? Yes, yes, yes. You're hearing the word of God right now. Things are beginning to be drawn out. Amen. Jesus. Why do we need to deal with this strategically? If we don't deal with this strategically, then you will make the same mistakes again. Amen. You will, how many have done it before? Yes. Done it over and over and over again. Trying to manage your brokenness in the same way that you managed it before. You, you understand that you're not an alcoholic always because you like beer. Amen. Right? Yes. Got any former alcoholics or want to say amen? Yes. Alcoholic because there's something inside of you that you want to numb. You want to inebriated. You want it to be quiet. You feel better. That's why everybody wants pot to be legal right now. Let's make it legal so we can sit home and have another way of managing it. All right? Come on. Before pot was legal, I was in the 70s when I was a kid, it was everywhere. It? And everybody's pocket and everything else. But it was like everything else. I mean, it was, it was alcohol. It was drugs. It was, you're fine in some ways. I mean, even sexuality is actually something that people do in order to make them feel better. I mean, if it's not that and you begin to back off, you'll just be staring at a TV or a video game. Anything to keep me from drawing all this stuff out. Listen, how many know God is majority? All right? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. How many know if God is for you, who can be against you? So if we can draw this message out, if we can draw your thoughts out, you say, I'll just pray it away, declare it away, privately confess it away. So one of the reasons it's such a hard time, we have such a hard time. I'll put prayer workers up here and I'll say, come and pray. And it's like, <laughs> they might ask me a question that I don't want to answer. If you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. Okay, if you can't. But how many know there's power in confession? Anybody know there's power in it? We need some prayer time. We need some confession. 
Just confess it. I've been struggling with, you've been struggling with fear all your life. Confess it. I've been struggling with bitterness against women all my life. I've been controlled by anxiety ever since. And, and uh, I'm, I'm finishing up here. Uh, several of the men gathered Friday night. And we watched Tony Evans' documentary, Kingdom Men Arise. Powerful. Powerful. I think you go to Tony Evans' website and you can download it yourself. But... Here's some of uh, some things that caught me. I didn't know all the stories, you know, like Kirk Franklin. How many know Kirk Franklin? Come on. Any old, come on. It's 90s, 2000s, 90s, especially Kirk Franklin. JC, are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Church ain't going nowhere. I don't think the man ever sang. He just kind of kept the choir going. I got to meet him uh, last year. I got to spend some time with him. I was in. Uh, he and Tori Kelly were making a video at a church just a couple blocks away from where Lauren and Felicia live in Los Angeles. And I and, uh, got to meet Tori, got to meet Kirk. The day that they made that video in that church, that was right in uh, North Hollywood. That's just me bragging about some stuff. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so we're, and Kirk's there. Kirk, you know, you know, it's so cool. Kirk, how you doing? You know, <laughs> love it. So in this, at the, in, towards the end of the, this documentary, there, people just confessing and talking. I just love it because they were men who were dealing with the stuff that was in their lives. Men, deal with the stuff that's in your life. Men, ladies, guys. And Kirk said, he was talking about how Tony had affected his discipleship and he called him like a father. And he said, he told the story, he said, one day I was taking my 10-year-old son to a movie theater and I saw a girl that came out of the theater and then he backed up and he said, when I was a young, much younger, he said, it just seemed like, he, and I, this is not an exact quote, but he talked about how even in the church, I mean, the, there was just, when it came to sexuality, it was like not a lot of barriers. Anybody know what I'm saying? So he said, he said, I paid for an abortion when I was very young. A young girl that he got pregnant, he paid for the abortion. And uh, he said, now, Fast forward like some 20 years in the future. He's walking to a movie theater with his 10-year-old son. And he sees a girl that he recognizes come out of the theater. And he sat his son over in the corner. Walked to that girl and looked her in the face. He said, you know me? Yeah. He said, I just want you to know how sorry I am for what I did to you. For the person I was during that particular time. Please, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me and, and tears. Both of them just crying sitting there in the theater. So the story goes, this is my best recollection of the story. And he, he said, she looked at him tearfully and she said, you don't know how long I've waited to hear you say that. I've needed that. for so, Can you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? Because the wound inside of her heart had just perpetuated all these years and it snowballed. And now it's this massive wound. It's this hurt. No, I don't know the girl. He didn't talk about it. I don't know her story. All I'm saying is, Kurt needed that too. He needed to have that meeting. He needed that stronghold to be torn down. And then he puts it all over the nation. Listen, your healing is a journey. Amen. And you've got to be strategic about it. Stop trying to deal with it the same way. How many times do you have to get plastered to realize that it ain't fixing the mess that's in your home? Amen. And it's not making the memories go away. 
Maybe you ought to stand up someday or come and talk to a pastor or get involved in a men's group or a ladies group or find some sisters who love Jesus. No, not just your Facebook friends who always slap you on the back and like everything you have to say. I'm talking about some people that honestly care. Some people who pray for you. Get involved in a living waters or a kinship. Get involved in a, in a Bible group, a study, somewhere where you can pray and talk with people. And confess the truth of what's going on in your heart. Maybe call somebody you need to call. Deal with something that you need to deal with. Somebody say, be strategic. Just be strategic. Get into discipleship. Get into healing. I wish I could be more practical than I am today. I'll be more practical in the future. Is that okay? Uh, and just everybody stand with me while I finish this. No running out for ice cream. Okay, stay right with me. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, just anybody love Jesus? Anybody love Jesus? We're going to defeat what? We're going to defeat what? We're defeating strongholds. And where are the strongholds? With inside of me. And a stronghold is a mindset. Did you write that down? It's a mindset that I am holding on to. Strongholds are destroyed by the power of the word of God. I need more of God's word and less of the lies. If I get the word of God and I believe the word of God. Listen, the only reason, the only reason that we continue to hold on to mindsets is because we don't believe God's word. Right? If you believe God's word, you will respond to God's word. Right? Like this isn't going to bring destruction to me. It's just how I feel. It's how I identify. I mean, gender issues are not the only identification disorders that we have. Amen. How many know any young adults here that need to identify? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? You're not waving your hand. Okay. We have identity issues. I'm just broken. I'm just angry. That's just the way I am. I just don't. I just don't believe in all this God stuff. I'm just not into that. And those are just your little statements that you make in order to empower yourself to continue to hold on to the mindset and brokenness that you have. Uh, I like this last part though. Joshua 8 and 18. The Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. And then down in verse 26, Joshua did not draw back his hand. I don't know how long. Anybody ever had to hold something up for a long time? How long you had? Go ahead, put your hand out. Everybody just put your hand out. Just put your hand out. Okay? Put your hand out. How long can you hold that hand out there? You get tired. But Joshua held his hand out with a javelin in it. And again, this is a shadow. It's the word of God. So what I want you to do is I want you to take what God says instead of the fear that's inside of you. And I want you to point it at the stronghold that is trying to control your life. And hear what the Lord says. I have given, I have given that stronghold into your hand. But my arm is tired. Don't let your arm go down. Hold on to my word. Anybody know? Let God's word be true and every other word a liar. You put your arm down for now. Your shoulders are getting sore. Aaron and her, yeah. Amen. You hear that? Yes. Moses, 
up on the hillside. Arm gets tired. Now Joshua has taken that particular place. He's holding the javelin of the Lord. We see that the, 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 the staff of Aaron, Aaron's rod that was held over the Red Sea. It's constantly saying, if God's word says it, point it towards whatever you need to have victory and get victory. And if your arms are tired, find somebody to hold your arm up. But don't let the word of God go down. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now this church is an instrument of the word of God. We're here to proclaim the truth to a broken world. And though we walk in the flesh, we're not going to war according to the flesh. We're going to pull down these strongholds. Jesus, I just got to be finished. I'm done. I'm not going to be fancy. So, who needs to defeat some strongholds? Anybody? Who is tired of the enemy controlling certain areas of your life? Who's tired of it? Who's ready to open up about it? Anybody ready to open up about it? Ready to talk about it? All right, just tell me what your stronghold is. Just right where you are. Just tell me. Go ahead, tell me. I'm listening. Tell me. Tell me all at the same time. I can listen to everybody at the same time. Go ahead. Tell me. What? It's tough, isn't it? You know why? Because that stronghold is your God. It's tough for you to say anything about it. Because if you speak out, it will be exposed and then you'll get free. You see it right now. All right. We experienced the first service heavy. All right. As soon as we start saying we're going to deal with it, it's like, oh, I don't know what to I don't have any trouble. Look at me. Hallelujah. I'm full of Jesus. Holy Ghost. They never done nothing wrong. Okay. Let me ask again. Who struggled, who struggled with some strongholds? And you know what they are. Lift your hand. Where are you? Hold your hand up. It's tough to even lift our hands, isn't it? It's tough. It's tough. How many know God is bigger than your stronghold? you believe that? How many are tired of being fearful and being dismayed? Of, of worshiping the stronghold rather than worshiping God? Right? You want to make another really bold and audacious statement? Come up here and stand with me. Come up here and stand with me, y'all. I know you're coming, Patricia. Man. And yeah, prayer workers come up towards the front. Squeeze up on the steps. All my prayer workers come up towards the front. Squeeze in, squeeze in. Prayer workers, ministry leaders. Come on up. Come close, come close. This is tough. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I see it. Come on. Come on. I love you guys. That was pretty audacious, wasn't it? Pretty crazy. How do you do it? That's pretty much, man, we get all strongholds out of the church. Right? You ready to help me pray? Come close. I'm going to need every prayer worker that I get, every Living Waters prayer worker. Yeah, Cliff can say something. Can Cliff say something? Just stand right next to me. Look, I want you to understand something. Years ago, I had an opportunity to be involved with something called Point Man Ministry. One of the things I learned in Point Man Ministry is the idea or the concept that the point of the spear has to be the hardest, has to be the sharpest, has to be very keen 
So whoever is in charge, okay, our pastor, he's the point man. You need to pray for him. You need to pray for him. Because here is something that some of you are starting to understand. It is the fear of man that chokes many of us. Okay? So I let what so-and-so thinks influence how I will or won't worship. What I will or won't do. Whether I'll speak in the grocery store about Christ Jesus or not. You have to understand that. Okay? He's putting it on the line. Understand what I'm saying to you. He is putting His love in action. Okay? He wants to affect you. Now, I will tell you, in this world, there is a trinity. And it is called me, myself, and I. But within Christians, there is a trinity called Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And when you begin to see that, and when you begin to understand, you rise up out of the ashes. You come up out of the... In your mind, but in your spirit, it has always been open. You just couldn't see it. So I'm going to remind you again. Pray for Him. Pray for Him. Every day. I don't care if it's a 30-second flash prayer. Rick is on my mind. I'm going to pray for him. Diana is on my mind. I'm going to pray for her. And then do it. cannot be a Sunday thing, a Wednesday night thing, a Friday night thing. It's got to be an every day, every day, every hour, every minute. It's got to be the way you live. Every breath of your life, you need the Word of God. Yes. And you'll never be able to defeat anything without the Word. Yes. You'll never be able to defeat the Word is what you need in your life. And if you just take the Word just for this right here and now, you won't be the few. We can pray for you all we want to. Jesus, you gotta take it with you. You gotta take the javelin with you. You gotta take that, you gotta yes. take the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and you gotta say it over and over, and you gotta repeat it over and over that I am a agree. I am free, I'm delivered by the word of God. And what stands against all of the even the what we're going through in America right now is the word. Not only America, but in this world right now, it's gonna be the word of God. Yeah. 
And if you don't use the word against me, you're not gonna you're not gonna be victorious. Jesus. There's no need of me saying I'm lying to you. You're not gonna be victorious at all. I know that for a fact. I was a homosexual. I was a drug addict for 13 years. I was a not only that, but an alcoholic. As many years as that. And I know for a fact the only way that I was delivered was because of the word of God. So I have to repeat it over and over. I have to put it on my walls in the house. I have to put it in my car, in the car. I have to have it on my job. Jesus. I have to have it at Mount Reese Pizza where I own. I have to have it behind the counter. I can pick it up. I can speak it. I can discuss it. I can say it. And I got to speak it out of my mouth and confess it. And believe it against the, what is happening to us right here and there. Jesus. Amen. 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 God. Amen. And yes, I agree with Cliff. And I do pray for my new pastor here like he does. I do pray for him. I pick him up. I pray for Diane. I pray for this church. And I'm praying for you. But your biggest enemy is you. You are what's holding you back from doing everything that God wants you to be. Not the devil. The devil is a feet of foe. He can't make me a homosexual anymore. I didn't know no better at one time, but when I got the word in my life and I started speaking the word and started preaching the word to myself, not just somebody out here, and I am a preacher, but I have discussed, I'm the biggest convert of my life. Amen. Every day, every morning of the day, I have to have it near me. This right here does help, but I got it in my heart, in my yeah, spirit. Amen. And you know what I mean? And I got to say it out of my mouth. Amen. Man, right here, yes, because of the way he preaches now, and not just now, but he's gonna face opposition so much opposition. Let's not be one that would oppose our have opposition against him, amen. Let's help him, amen, and help our family in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Russell. Robert up here to pray. You got other people here to pray. Just close your eyes and lift your hands. That's it. Lift your hands. Hold your hands up. It's powerful when you lift your hands. You're saying, I'm focusing on God. I'm worshiping the Lord. My life belongs to the Lord. You guys ready? Let's agree with the Lord. I choose strength. I choose courage. I will not fear. I will not be dismayed. I want you to look at the stronghold. You've been defeated there before. You've, you've tried to do things in other ways in the past, but no more. Let's tell them. Today, Lord, in, in the name of Jesus, I will tear down the stronghold. That is controlling my life. In the name of Jesus. Now right where you are, I want you to just tell the Lord what that stronghold is. Tell Him what it is. Fear. Anxiety. Addictions, whatever they might be. Help me. What are the, what, what are the strongholds? The relational brokenness that you have in your life.
stronghold. Fear, 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 fear is a stronghold. It's bringing destruction in your family and with your children. Being afraid to speak. I'll give you some evidence of some of the spiritual strongholds. You can't pray in your home. That suggests to me a massive stronghold in your house. You can't pray in your house. Just tell the, tell the Lord, this is the stronghold. Tell Him. Verbalize it. Don't just think it. Whisper it. Whisper it. Right Whisper it. Alright, we're just trying to get it out of you. We're trying to get it out in the open right now. That's what we're trying to do. In the name of Jesus. Now come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I stand with everyone in this room and I say in Jesus' name, these strongholds must fall. I declare in the name of Jesus, according to the Word of God, none of these weapons, none of these strongholds will stand against us. We stand and we hold to the Word of God. The enemy has been defeated. Now, Father, I'll not just pray, but I will act upon this now. I'm going to speak. I'm going to have people pray for me. I'm going to confess my brokenness. Anybody agree with this? I confess, I confess in Jesus' name. We'll not allow these strongholds to control us another day. Some of you can't listen. Some of you have been trying to do this on your own for a long time. I think that's part of where the scripture says if two or three come together and agree, touching anything. So say, I agree. Shout it, I agree. All right. I want us to pray one with another. You're standing all around each other right now. Prayer workers, just to get involved. If you're with a friend or somebody, maybe somebody you don't know. I know this is kind of awkward. But come on, prayer workers, living waters workers, I want you to infiltrate. Put your arms around people and agree with somebody. You can see what's going on. Carrie, help us out too if you would. Just help us in this prayer time. Come on. All right. Get your arms around people. Begin to minister to one another. Sing. Lay your hands on people. Just lay your hands on some people. And then talk. Talk openly. Talk about the strongholds, the things that you're facing. Talk about them. Be open about them. Don't let them be your secret anymore.